0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. Um, Tonight, we have a lot to talk about. We're just going to do a basic show. Um, You know, we haven't been off for a couple weeks. We're going to be talking about um, a lot of current events that are going on um, in the news, in the media, and um, pretty much in entertainment. Um, The song that you just heard was, um, the newest from Sierra, my body, uh, body party. And speaking of Sierra, she has recently been in the news. And what was so funny is, was well, not funny. I guess it wouldn't be funny to her, but it didn't seem to faze her. Is she was recently performing on stage for the Gay Pride Festival in L.A. And what was so funny is, like while she was performing on stage, she got served papers. She got served papers while she was on stage performing because, you know, apparently she was supposed to perform at another venue, and she didn't. So she had a lawsuit pending. So she's facing some legal um, issues with that. We're going to get to that in a little bit. And um, just, just, you know, a little, little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I'm telling you, we're gonna talk about a little bit of everything tonight. We're gonna to talk about um, a couple of videos that are on YouTube that are viral right now, and we're gonna just talk about how people just are so thirsty for attention. Like, on like seriously, like why do people do do the things that they do on you know on YouTube? Like, it's just like I don't know. But we're gonna go up to the line. Uh, we have. Um, I believe Miss C online. Uh, We're gonna go uh, mute this line. C, is this you? Yes. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm fine. How
2: are you? I'm doing all right. Now I know you're ready to do. Just, mm-hmm. just we got some stuff to talk about tonight.
1: So what, what do you mm-hmm. think
2: about that whole Sierra thing? Like, I mean, can you just imagine you somebody performing on stage and then they get handed some papers out of the audience, like, <laughs> concerned? What kind of mess is
0: that? That is crazy. I honestly cannot imagine that happening. Um, my thing is is that with her being a performer, um she should know the various aspects of contract law. You have a contract that comes out and these people are wanting you to do something for them. You sign that binding contract that says that you are going to be obligated on that day for that event. Um, I guess apparently she probably felt like because she was a celebrity that she was exempt for any type of, Consequences that may come her way, and, and I guess she just felt like you know she just didn't care about it. You know, she was right. just trying to pick and choose. You can't pick and choose when you don't sign your name to a contract, you can't do that. So, um, I would say this it serves her right to be served on stage. Point one,
2: but you know <laughs> what, maybe that, maybe that should really serve as a lesson to a lot of these members just think they above the you know, just above the law, not just above the law, but just they don't have to, they feel they can do whatever they want to do. hmm Yeah, they do. And and the girls were, like, saying, no, no, no. The queens were like, no, you are going to get served today, and we're going to serve you some papers. You mm-hmm. talking about my body. I said, well, your body better be in court where they hey. serve you those papers. I'm That's just saying, right. That's right. Oh we oh, we got another call We're online. We're gonna to go to the uh, line seven six five two six five. Um I believe this looks like Kane's number. Is this Kane? Are you just are you just listening or are you um do you have a comment or you have a uh, something that you would like to talk about tonight? Or are you just listening at this point? Okay, I believe they're just listening. Actually no, it's me, it's Michael. Okay. Okay, this is this is your cell phone number. I'm like I'm not used to see I'm used to seeing the house number, okay, I'm slightly. <laughs> Did you hear about the story about Sierra uh getting served papers on stage doing a concert in LA you know, LA Prime?
3: I didn't hear about that until you read it, brought it up now and I'm thinking, Wow I guess they'll go to any length to serve you the
4: papers. <laughs> I guess that's for <laughs> sure.
2: Bird. Yeah, bird by the well, while we're talking, I've got the article pulled up. I think I'm going to go ahead and contact the, text, the text story because I'm like, wow. Okay. This article is from com, and it's entitled Sierra Suit by L.A. Bar." served papers during pride performance. Okay, here we go. After canceling a scheduled appearance at a Los Angeles gay bar this weekend and facing threat lawsuit, Sierra was third papers during her per- performance at LA Pride on Saturday night. The good singer performing on the catwalk when a woman reached out amid fans to hand her the lawsuit during the middle of the song, Sierra reached out for the papers nonchalantly while continuing to sing, and then flung them back. So, okay, we'll get a picture of this. So, somebody hands her some papers,
1: and mm-hmm. she just
2: flings them back. Like I wanted, if she knew what it was, and she got she got pissed because she she glanced down at some papers and then she saw that it was a lawsuit, and she thought she found out she was hurt. So she instead of uh, tripping, she just she just, she just put on the paper back. I wonder if she knew what she was looking for. But anyway. Mm hmm. Mm
1: hmm.
2: okay, TMZ published the video of the incident on Sunday morning. The concert interruption came at the Sierra Sierra Belt on West Hollywood's popular club, The Factory. The singer-rep said that they informed the club that Sierra couldn't make it, yet the performance was promoted nonetheless. Still, the factory is suing for breach of contract.
1: See, there you go. You
2: had a contract. Sorry. When you sign your, your name on that dotted line, I don't care what you That mm-hmm. becomes your out. That's your money. them, 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 mm-hmm. them your coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sierra's people spoke out after the news of the lawsuit. Um, after news of the lawsuit first emerged on Saturday, saying that the singer's appearance at L.A. Pride the next day contractually prevented her from appearing at the factory. Well, then again, there you go. That's your problem. That's that's their problem, not 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 the people that you signed the contract with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sierra's committed commitment to perform at L.A. Gay Pride on a Saturday night prevented her from making a Friday night appearance from um, a rep for fear, reportedly reported, told TMZ, okay, here we go. What does something that happens on Friday dictate what happens on Saturday? That, that, that's two totally different days.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: you overbooked yourself, then that's your problem. Mm-hmm. You
1: know
2: what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, quote. Despite being notified early last week That Sierra could not appear The factory continued to market And promote Sierra's appearance The reason mm-hmm. for the Continued marketing and promotion Is unclear as it is not known Why the factory Would intend to continue To mislead the public To cause damage to the LA Gay Pride Festival And to the attempt to portray Sierra in a negative light That's what they're saying Mm-hmm. Um, well Maybe she'll um, Learn not Overbooking herself in the future You know what I'm saying Yeah mm-hmm. um, so Can I say
0: something Tinica?
2: Yeah go ahead
0: Let me say this She started to realize that what that was Was a bilateral contract And it basically states We this club will do this for you If you do this for us and she put her name on that paper, so she's obligated, point blank. So nine, nine times out of ten, when she goes to court, if she shows up, the judge is going to say, I don't care what type of festival you tried to go to, regardless of that, you put your name on this contract. So all the advertisement, all the everything, you you're going to have to reimburse these people. You you will because even if they printed out flyers, they had to pay for signs or whatever. She's going to have to reimburse them that point blank. You know, so. Oh well. Mm-hmm. Oh well.
2: I don't know if you'll hear anything else about that, but that's I'm just I just want to read that that's funny. Like, can you imagine being on stage performing and then like they couldn't even wait till you got off stage. They handed you the paper while you was on stage, like I'm like, <laughs> I just that is crazy. Mm-hmm. I've never heard mm-hmm.
0: of that. Mm-hmm. But I nowadays go, they just don't care.
2: Right. All right. We're gonna go to the line. Um, somebody else just joined the conversation. Um, 803 are you just listening, or do you have a comment or question? If they're just listening at this point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's 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 a very important thing. Like, people, especially in the entertainment industry, people need to learn the importance of contracts. Like, because I think I've, I've heard mm-hmm. of so many people that get caught up And that's how people, you know, ruin their reputation when they don't uphold their end of Mm -hmm. the contract. And, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess she felt that because she's so big, quote-unquote, big in the scene, that she could do whatever Mm -hmm. she wanted to do and she didn't Mm -hmm. have, you know what I'm saying, she she doesn't have Mm -hmm. any responsibility in upholding, you know, what she has to do. And and to me, Mm -hmm. what I question is, what kind of people do you have working for you if they can't mm-hmm. even maintain your schedule to where you're overbooking yourself? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean,
2: that comes from maybe having Pookie or Man Man, and then you you got some bootleg mm-hmm. production company, mm-hmm. and and you got you know you know somebody that's crazy. It. Exactly mm-hmm. maintaining. You know that's just that's just crazy. That shouldn't even happen. That, that's just my mm-hmm.
0: thing
2: Absolutely mm-hmm. Alright We also have tonight And I try to upload this And I, I wanted to get to
1: this Because this,
2: this just seems like There's a lot of people on YouTube Trying to make a name for themselves And to me I think that they Pretty much Do it at their own expense You know what I'm saying And they think that people mm-hmm. are laughing With them When they're truly laughing at them, and we're gonna get to that a little later in the show because there's this guy on the internet called Marcel, and he—I'm telling you—I'm not trying to be mean, but he looks like the Grimace, like he's shaped like the Grimace, like you know that that character at McDonald's. Yeah, that's what he looked like, and then he gets on, like he gets on YouTube making these videos doing good as well, that he, he's obese, and, and he's just, like, on there making food, like, like videos about food and, like, peanut butter jelly sandwiches and, you know, he's making fun of himself can't get out the car, and he's sitting up here shouting on video because he, he was hungry and he was making a peanut butter jelly sandwich, and I guess that sandwich got so good that he just caught the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And I just think, wow, that's just a shame. Like that people get that desperate for attention, and that you know they'll just be willing to put themselves out there. I mean, what do you, what do you guys feel about that?
3: I seen one of those videos uh, that you're talking about, and I mean, personally, I feel sorry for the guy. I really do. I mean. I think, you know, whether it's for attention or whether he thinks he's just being funny, I don't know, but I really feel sorry for the guy. Mm -hmm. Do you feel sorry for him, please? Uh,
0: I'm going to be honest. No, I don't. And the reason, and and I'm sorry, but hey, I'm very blunt on this. I do not feel sorry for him because of the simple fact that you know, he's not the only person out there that is that size. And true enough, you know, there may be some things that may have gone on in his life but he's not the only one that may be going through something. But the fact of the matter is that he got that way because he loves to eat. And there are people that basically love to eat like that, and they will get big. But my thing is this, for him to degrade himself like that, he basically has a lack of respect for himself. He just don't care. He's like, I'm this size, I'm this weight, and I just flat out don't care. So I'm going to do what I need to do to keep my mind off the fact that I am this big, so I'm going to exploit myself. And he doesn't realize the damage that he's doing to himself because just like what was said, you know, people are not – and I think this is what you said to me earlier – Seneca, people are not laughing with him; they're laughing at him. And there is Mm. nothing nice, nothing cute about these videos. It's horrible. I think it's absolutely horrible for him shouting over a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that is making a mockery. You no, 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 no. That's my thing. I got a problem. That's what I got a problem right there because
2: you're making a mockery out of God, and you're making Mm -hmm. a mockery out of dirt, like. Who who does that? Like seriously, mm-hmm. who, who gets on camera talking about? I just jumped out the shower and I ain't got no no shirt no shorts
1: on, and <laughs> he said, mm-hmm.
2: and then he said out. I, I just came down in the kitchen. I got hungry. You no know one now. Mm-hmm. First of
4: all, you
1: know, people don't look at you
2: crazy because you talking about you hungry. hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I just that's, that's why feel sorry for him because he
3: doesn't realize how.
2: But coming across Right I think he does I think he does I think mm-hmm. he's doing it for attention I really think he's doing that crazy stuff for
0: attention hmm hmm He knows that people are going to be laughing He feels like If I go out here and I do that People are going to see me I am this big People are going to see me They like to see See what he fails to understand is heavyweight people are already being stereotyped as being nasty and sloppy and stinky and all that mess. They're already being stereotyped like that. He is going out there and making it worse by doing things like that. I don't know how he smells, praise the Lord, because I don't want to know how he smells. But the fact of the matter is this.
1: <laughs> you are, you are
0: enhancing that stereotype. Oh. And I mean, and there are other ways for you to get attention: write a book, produce a play. Yeah. Don't get out there and, ooh, Lord. Mm-mm. You mean like write a book? Seneca, I would comes- just say in general, write a book. <laughs>
3: What would it be called? The art of the peanut butter and jelly?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. mm-hmm. I don't want none of that peanut butter and jelly. That ain't, that ain't right.
0: It's so wank. You got all kinds of stuff added up in that peanut butter to make it look that color. No. Mm-mm.
2: All, you got
0: all kinds of added and preserved. Is that what you're going <laughs> Yes, and I think you cleaned that up for me. But, yeah, that's basically what I was trying to say about <laughs> 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 Ooh, Lord.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but and, you know i I think I think he's one of those people that's like he's like a social media whore I hate saying that that's a yeah. that's, that's strong a strong mm-hmm. time use. but I, that's thats the time I just came up with off the top of my head. he's a social media whore and they mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is when you look at. The definition of a whore A whore is willing to put mm-hmm. themselves out there For a mm-hmm. game Like you know mm-hmm. demean- they're, they're willing to de- demean and degrade <clears> Themselves <throat> for some mm-hmm. type of game And in this mm-hmm. case He's willing to, to sacrifice And put his self-dignity And respect out there And put that on the line And compromise that mm-hmm. Just so he can get a couple mm-hmm. laughs from am I mm-hmm. seriously he's, out, he's getting paid off of this I seriously mm-hmm. doubt that he's really anything out of, this, out of this, and he's making YouTube right. more popular, and he's not getting anything. Mm-hmm. The only thing he's getting mm-hmm. is one of the most dried-up, stale pieces of bread, a couple pieces of bread and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And obviously, hey, I don't know if y'all listened to the video, I could have swore he was, I think he living at home, his mama, because I heard that mm-hmm. before. Somebody said, "Clean that kitchen up." Yeah, that's up. exactly what was saying. Mm
1: hmm.
2: And he and he hurried up and cut that camera off too. <laughs> mm
1: hmm.
2: But but he had this video too on there. That talks about um, how he how he was in the hospital. I guess he thought that was funny too. He probably had a heart attack or something.
1: Mm hmm.
2: And he's sitting up in the hospital, laughing about it. Mhm, and then he stopped, he stopped up making a video about O'Hana food
1: mm.
0: See that right there shows that he has a problem. You know, because all resorts around food, and the food is the main reason why he ended up in that dang hospital in the first place. You know, and I and I do agree with what and I do agree with what oh, you said, hey. Seneca. He knows. He knows what he's doing. You know, you can tell the difference between a person who don't know what they're doing and a person that does. He knows what he's doing, and that type yeah. of attention, you know, he 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 needs to seek it somewhere else. This is ridiculous. Some somebody, see, ooh, Lord, he's drawing negative attention to himself. You know, he's not funny. There's nothing about what he does that is funny. Nothing.
1: It's
0: mm-hmm. ignorant. I mean, it is so ignorant because you know what? Now I'm a heavy set person and I've lost weight, but I'm heavy set. Not as big as him, but praise the Lord, I'm not. And just like oh. I said before, this, there's a stereotype out there about heavy set people, and my thing is is that I carry myself very well. I don't think there's anything funny about me being fat, and I'm just gonna put it out there. There's nothing funny about me being fat. And there's absolutely nothing, and I will never in my life get in front of any type of camera and talk about I can't get up in a car or praise the Lord for this sandwich. No, I will never do that to myself. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Jesus, Lord, have mercy. And he's just sitting up
2: in the lap. He said, like, Ooh, I can't get in this car. But I mean, it's my thing. How you. Don't put God into you eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich Like who does that mm-hmm. People that's crazy them, like I
1: him I thought one of the seven
2: deadly sins was gluttony. Oh. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's
0: hot. Mm. And I'll say this too I would hate for him to get in a car and can't get out. They have to do the jaws of life to get him out. Oh, Lord. I would, I would hate that because <laughs> he gonna cause he gonna stuff himself in the wrong car and not be able to get out. See that stuff oh. ain't funny. It's, it's they will have to cut oh. him out. It's terrible.
2: Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I wonder, like. Seriously, like and I'm not trying to be mean, I ain't trying to be funny, mm-hmm. but I wonder when he get in the car, like like I mean, I wonder if the sus no see I, see I, I'm trying to be serious now. Like when he that car I wonder like do the the do the I mean, I wonder if the suspension on that car is like worn out. I mean, you know, I, you know, I just I wonder if you know what I'm saying? If if that car is worn out, like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I well,
3: what kind of car? The video that I looked at, it appeared that he was possibly in some type of a sport utility.
1: You said what Mike?
3: I, I was judging from the video that I seen that the scene, it did look like he was in a uh, SUV, a sport utility vehicle, sometimes. <laughs>
2: Damn. I'm oh. sorry. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I just know I just, all I know is the first time I saw him, I just immediately just saw Grimace from from McDonald's." Mm-hmm. I really I really got the craving to go get me some chicken McNuggets when I seen him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Oh, you know it.
0: what? And I'm just gonna say this.
1: Look,
0: we all get our laughs and stuff out of this because of how ridiculous it is. Yes, true enough. I am laughing. I'm I'm gonna laugh at it. It's not. I'm not laughing at it because it's funny. Because it's not funny. I'm laughing at the fact. That he is seeking enjoyment out of this. You know what? If he likes it, then the whole world is going to love it and they love seeing him exploit himself because all they're doing is calling him all kind of fat, this, fat, that, fat, fat everything fat. You know, they are saying all that kind of stuff about him and he just don't understand that. So, yeah, so I'm getting my laughs out because.
2: But this just leads to another Thing like I mean What do you think about people that just get online Like and just You know what I'm saying and just do all This Mm crazy stuff And I mean especially like when You got websites like World Park, Hip Hop Mm -hmm. Pretty much Egg this behavior On and you know And more seriously when you have younger People getting online Mm -hmm. What themselves. So realize, man. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. Mhm. Mhm. Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, and I'll,
2: let's and, know, I you know. We'll time on this, I just had to talk about that. And I, I wish I would have had that that video uploaded. The, the, the sound of that. I'm really up for to but I think the next, uh, we're going to get back on. I just need y'all to definitely hear this. You mm. know what I'm saying? I want to kind of get on a couple of uh, mm-hmm. stories going on. Um, we have some more um, information. I know we were talking about this on the show um, about, about a month ago when it first happened about the IMPD officer, David star. Um, mm-hmm. There's some information on com I want to share with you guys. Um, and I want to get into that. I also want to get into some stuff that Pat Robertson says. He, he's at it again. You know that crazy old guy from the 700 Club. Oh glory!
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I guess he says a teen suicide linked to quote-unquote, demonic games like Dungeons and Dragons. So we're going to talk about that. Um, It's almost ridiculous. Like, he's just a buffoon. He's like a Christian buffoon, if you put it like that. You're nicer than I am. You're nicer than I am. I
3: don't think he deserves the title Christian.
2: Mm mm-hmm. yeah, It's just crazy. hmm
1: This
3: is the same man that a couple months ago said on national T V on one of his broadcasts that uh about men cheating on their wives, well you know honey, said, so they're men, they have the tendency to wonder like that.
1: This... And
3: basically was making light of it saying, Oh well, it happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. he has absolutely no respect for women. He has no respect for this. He, he he's a very, uh, just a very nasty old man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He tries to hide behind Christianity, like or what he he deems to be Christian, and it's just like, you know, I'm just, I don't know, it's crazy.
1: I'll tell um, you this one. He's a rich
2: old man because you look at him
3: and his uh what's it called a co star on there the lady with the really big hair that's uh different colors for every scene, and she has the mascara that's not waterproof and she turns the waterworks on and, you know you'll praise Jesus and can start crying like a fountain at the drop of a hat. <laughs>
2: looks like a drag queen. I'm sorry. She looks like a bad drag queen. You ain't talking. <laughs> she <Just> like Jan <laughs> Brown. That, that's that's scary. That's a, that's scary drag queen. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> some of those, Some of those. Ooh. I mean, some of those fanatics just really scare me. Like, I don't know. I don't want them lay hands on me. I can pray. Yeah, I But I, I can pray for myself. No. Mm-hmm, that's right.
3: I mean, if mm-hmm. I've ever seen it come on TV on late night, it's always a, a little side humor thing to me to just watch it, for the lady with the big hair, so I can just see what color her wig is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. uh, thank you. I mean, we
3: all made fun of Tammy Faye Baker back in the 80s, but she ain't got nothing on, I mean, Tammy Faye ain't got nothing on her.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm mm. well,
2: well, I guess while we, that's um Well, we're we'll going to get to David Bussard in a minute. But I guess while we on this, we going to uh, read this article right here um, about Pat Robertson. And this <coughs> comes from Huffington Post. Um, again, and the title is Pat Robertson, Teen Suicide Linked to Demonic Games like Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. Pat Robertson, Level 8, Delusionless, Intelligence 5, Charisma 10, and Wisdom 0. Although he said far more offensive things in the past, the latest allegations made by the television evangelist Pat Robertson have Crossed the line into bizarre during a mental health and suicide segment. Wow, out of all people, he wants to talk about that. But anyway, for his show, The Seven Hundred Club, Robertson linked fantasy role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons, and other demonic quote demonic games with teen suicide. Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is a quote. Ladies and gentlemen, our children are at risk. They are bulimic, bulimic. There's anorexia. There's all kind of demonic games they play. It used to be Dungeons and Dragons. They've got some new ones now. The pressure on them is just incredible, Robertson said in a segment which aired Monday. According to the right-wing watch, the news segment has focused on a 2009 suicide of Melissa Strange, daughter of a Southern Baptist leader, Frank Page. In an interview with Religion News Service, Page indicated that the prescription drugs in what he described as his daughter's, quote, addictive personality, unquote, played a part in her death. Um, I guess this is the quote from him. I wish that we would be a little more careful in our use of drugs and our prescription drugs. They are powerful forces. And when one already has the previous disposition that she did, it's like throwing a light match, a lighted match on a gasoline-soaked pile of rags just ready to go. Paige did not mention any games, any kind of Games of any kind in the version Of the interview published by RNS. In a recent 700 Club segment <clears throat> Robertson also noticed That he thinks Noted that he thinks that many teenagers Commit suicide through fatal automobile Accidents Quote, I think many of these automob- Automobile accidents are Actual, actually Death by cars, okay mm. This is This is far from the first time Robertson's comments have made him appear out of touch. In January, Robertson was shocked to learn that women watch pornography and read erotica such as Fifty Shades of Grey. In September 2012, he advised a 700 Club viewer who felt disrespected at home to become a Muslim. So as Robertson put it, then you could beat your wife.
1: Mm-hmm. Just sick. Just sick. Very.
2: And these are the kind of people that want to call themselves Christians and then, you mm-hmm. know, get on T V claiming Christ and you you saying all this crazy foolishness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You make like a bunch of claims hmm Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, like we were just talking, you know, like me and you were talking the other day, too, so like, there's just too much going on in these churches today.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Like you was telling me about that. What's that story you were telling me about?
0: You went out of town. And
2: yes. You went
0: uh, Yeah, there there was a friend of mine that had invited me out to um, hear her group sing, and the church was based out in Gary, Indiana, and the crazy part is, you know, when the devotion and everything was going on, uh, as the program went further, it was time for offering. Now, they had, Um, An ATM in church Which I told Seneca that I Just did not uh, agree with But the most scariest part To me was during the offering They locked the doors They absolutely locked the doors Because they wanted to ensure that people Give their offering And I felt like They were holding people Against their will you know because there may Be some people that need to leave At that time and I just felt Like that was just so wrong and um, so I got up and I unlocked the door and I left out because you're not going to tell me that I have to sit there. You're not going to tell me what I have to do. So and right. I just felt like that, that was uncalled for. That was truly uncalled for.
4: And then, then you said something about how
2: they would so focus on money?
0: <clears throat> yes. That, that was their entire objective was um what they were gonna get. That that was their entire objective, you know, because one of the ushers or whatever was just telling me that, you know, we just wanna make sure that people give their offering and, you know, and it's very important that they give their offering and all and all this kind of stuff. And I and just like I was telling Seneca, I really can't even tell him all of the exact exact words because she wasn't making any sense like she was going like she was beating around the bush and she couldn't even tell me, you know, what was the purpose of them truly locking those doors. So she, I'm she probably like one them brainwashed and it see and I mean
2: she probably one of them brainwashed Christian. One of them old
1: mm-hmm.
2: old slavery old one of them oh Lord, please don't help help me not to say nothing crazy. But she probably one of them mm-hmm. old slave type you know, you know mm-hmm. she, she ain't got no mind of her own.
0: She got no. by what
2: the pastor, not not past but what the pastor mm-hmm. said. And he said mm-hmm. it the Lord, the Lord, you see, if he said it, it must be right. So mm-hmm. she can't tell you why. She don't even know. She probably can't even tell you where Genesis and Revelation is located in the in in the Bible. But she That's knows right. what the pastor. Said, the pastor said it. must be
0: right, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it and it was just horrible. And you know, and the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> is that you have a lot of pastors where their intentions are not to um, lead his, lead their sheep. Their their intentions are how much money can I get? You know, who's gonna pay for my car? Who's gonna pay for Who's going to pay for my jet? And and what a lot of people don't understand is that a lot of these churches, they have these people in there that's giving, and they don't understand that they are paying the pastor's salary. You know what I mean? Like, like they're paying him, you know, and the money may not even be used for what it's intended for. It's going all to that pastor, and it is terrible. You know, but that right there shows that there's a blindfold over these people's eyes, and they truly don't understand, and that's the sad part, and these pastors are going to be held accountable for everything that they do, everything.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think that it's because they hold this title of pastor, and therefore they're up there in the front and every Sunday, do you think it's, like you're a visitor in that church you're speaking of, so mm-hmm. you're you're a new person. You're a new face that's come in and you've mm-hmm. seen this point blank, and you're like, "Oh my God, are you serious?" Heck with mm-hmm. this, I'm out of it. Whereas the, I get the regular par- parishioners of the church,
1: they mm-hmm. come in
3: and they've gotten so used to it over time, it's just common thing to them. Do you think that's part right. of it?
0: Yes. I well, you know what I'm gonna say is I truly believe that it is. I really do, you know. But I guess what he felt to realize is that every person that may visit that church may not have a blindfold on like all the other people do. See, right. I I look at it as you know, anytime you control your congregation like that, that's a cult. And I'm sorry, I said it, and that's how I feel. That is a cult. Anytime you, you know, dictate what it is that you want your congregation to do that is contrary to the word of God, point blank. Yep. And I mean, and and those people, too, are going to be held accountable, too, because if they don't study that word to show themselves approved, and if they don't study it so that they know what does not the Lord and, what they're supposed to be doing and what they're not supposed to be doing, they're going to be held accountable too. So I really don't feel sorry for those people in that church because they have the word, they have a Bible. And if you don't study it, you're not going to grow in the word, you're not going to grow in the Lord, and you're not going to know when a person is ripping you out of your money.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's just how I feel about it. So, yeah, so what you just said, I truly believe that that is really what was going on. I really do. And I said, I will never go back to that church again. And just like I told Seneca because I'm not a highway driver. And I put on my GPS and I folded my behind back here. And I'm like, I will never, ever go back to that church ever, <laughs> ever. Yeah. I don't blame you one bit.
2: You know what I'm saying? like it's just, mm-hmm. it's just crazy where, you know, they probably more concerned about uh, mm-hmm. Sunday Church The flock The word of God mm-hmm. and it, it, That's it, right so, and, and to me like You know I look at A lot of these churches You know I'll go To the The focus is more On money It's more It's mm-hmm. it, 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 It's about What can I do To bring the members Here so I can get More money That's not how mm-hmm. It's service To the community
0: mm-hmm. but
2: it, and, and I think that's, that's a part of the problem
0: That's right
2: That's you right You know um, We're going to mm-hmm. go to the lines We have another call. I believe it's J.R. Um, J.R. <laughs> hey How's it going my brother <laughs>
0: hey,
2: It's going <laughs> alright I said you know it wouldn't okay. be a, 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 an episode Of the Urban Wire if we don't have you Drop in <laughs> Hey I
4: I tell you what, I'm just in a fantastic, fantastic mood.
1: <laughs>
4: it, it, you know, they, I I don't know what I've done to deserve all this, all these blessings I've been getting, but keep them coming. That's what I say. I'll mm-hmm. take all the ones that I get.
2: All right now. Mm-hmm. So. Do you do you care to elaborate, or you just want people to know that you just been blessed out of faith? that what you What's that? Because yo, know, I mean, would you care to elaborate, or do you just want the people to know that you just been
1: blessed?
2: Uh, I tell I tell you what, man. I, I uh, just had
4: a little bit of a late start on your show today because I, I got called in early to work. So yeah. give give
2: me a quick briefing on what's all going on. Well, we just really we we just been just talking about time against the We This just a light little show that we did today. We first of all, we started out with uh, a singer named Sierra. She was served papers on stage doing her performance, and I was like, "Wow!" So I guess she reached the contract. She was supposed to be performing someplace, and she felt that uh, she felt that because she. Felt that she was overbooked She didn't have to perform at this other venue And it don't work like that So we were just talking about that We've been talking about people The internet exploiting themselves uh, And we've been talking about uh, The baby church So we're about to jump into uh, Talking about David Hello? You hear me? Are. Well, I think we might have lost. Well He's still showing on the board, so. But anyway, oh yeah, we just lost. He'll probably come back in. Yeah, like as churches here any Indianapolis. What do y'all think about churches having ATMs in? Them? What, what do you feel about that? <clears throat> I know. I, like I guess. Yeah, um,
1: I'm
2: with
0: her. I'm
3: sorry, sir. Go ahead. I'm. I, I, yeah, I think the minute that you have put an ATM in your church right there, that tells me exactly what the hell your church is about.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so oh, the reason
3: Jesus threw the money changers out of the temples in the Bible, well, somebody huh. can put a chain to that and throw it out in the park.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Tell me that they won't make good. They, you ain't got no excuse.
2: Oh, I forgot to mm-hmm. um, stop by the bank. Oh, we got a bank machine right out here. I said mm-hmm. I don't have any money. Oh we got a, I've seen churches, I've heard of churches where they have credit card machines where like they'll come around and you swipe your card and put it in an amount. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Mm, <laughs> mm mm Mm. Mm
2: mm mm. Now you wanna talk about desperate. That is horrible.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's
0: horrible.
3: That just tells me right there if there is an ATM in your church, your pastor is more concerned with their bankroll
2: than they are the Spirit of God. Mm
1: -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. what
2: would you do? Let me ask both of y'all. What would you do if somebody came up to you and asked you, why are you sitting down? Why Why aren't you going around and putting money in that place? What would you do? And then they said, well, um, you do have this credit card that you can swipe your card through. What would you do when one of us came up to a search instead of I know what I'd do. I'd stand
3: right up and walk out without saying a word
0: to <laughs> And i oh. hear you on that, sir, but you know what What? What I would do is I would straight up just tell them, look, I will give If God placed it on my heart to give. But you can, and, and I would tell her that you can't force me to give something. If, if I suppose if I don't want to give it, then I won't. And, but I am just with the young man that had just made that statement. I would literally say what I had to say and I would get up and leave. Because so that shows that you're not going to be teaching me, truly teaching me what us, said the Lord. Your whole objective is what I can give you. Mm-mm. So I just leave too.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: man, it's, it's Wouldn't be the first
3: church though. Wouldn't be the first church I ever walked out of. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like I said before, I said some of these churches you can get more fulfillment out of going to you get more fulfillment going to church going to some of these churches.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because at least when I when I leave churches, chicken I'm gonna be full, and okay. be, I'll be more full than leaving some of these churches. Right. Yeah, it's
3: sad, but it's true. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But you uh, know,
2: but hmm. All right. Um, they are. While we have you on the show, can you tell us about? I know. um Um. You're excited. Can you tell us about your upcoming show that will be on our network this summer, late summer, possibly early fall? Hello? You might have lost him again. I think so. Oh, Lord Jesus. we going to pray. i going to pray that they connect with the spirit of UCOSW. <laughs>
3: By the divine authority of Verizon Incorporated, connect thy
2: service. (laughs) Oh, no. Let's go to, uh, I want to get to the the whole Trayvon Martin case and the updates on that. And also I want to get on, I've been been waiting for JR to come back on, because I want to get his uh, opinion on, um the same bit cases. I know he has a very strong opinion about that. But um mm-hmm. let's jump to here we go again. They are are you connected
1: finally? Hello? Hello? Yeah. Alright, can I you hear it? me?
2: You. Yeah. Can you tell All us right. about can you tell us about the show that's coming to our network, coming to the network um, this this late summer or early fall? Can you tell us about that?
4: All right, all right, all right. Uh, well, the name of the show is 3XR. The yeah, It stands for Race, Religion, and Reality. In the show, we will uh, be tackling, you know, all little taboo topics that people tend to... Uh, Shy up, upon, on you know, and uh, try to be politically correct about. I am not by any means a politically correct person, but there I will have a fourth R in that, and that's respect. You know, sometimes people will agree with me, sometimes they'll disagree with me, but we will respect each other's opinions. You know, uh, it, you know, we're, we're uh, going to be hitting topics such as. Life choices, fitness, second chances in life. You know, hate speech, uh, manning up for men to be men and quit being boys. You know, th- th- things about things like this. You know, and, and, and you know, I, I noticed y'all were talking about churches
1: here. Oh Lord!
4: Or as, I, or, or as I like to refer to it, churches. And uh, you know, here's the thing. I, I've been to churches where they they sit there and they'll hand you an automatic uh, a, a, a sheet for you to start taking automatically withdrawal from your checking account. Yep. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and here here's the thing, you know, it, it's I remember a pastor a long time ago I used to study under, all right, and uh, the name of the pastor is Pastor Jack Hilliard. He used to be uh, the spiritual leader of the New Testament Baptist Church in Oceanside, California. Since then, they've renamed the church. He's still there, though. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now, to save my life. But Pastor Hilliard said one time uh, on the whole topic of tenure that you know uh, that, that 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 is what the people can give. There's no set amount. If you if if you can give a dollar or if you can give a thousand dollars, that's fine. You know, it's whatever you can give. You know, and for for these some of these pastors to look at this as a racketeering,
2: right? Yeah, uh, you, know, you
4: know, as a racket rather than you know being the spiritual shepherds that they're supposed to be. You know, my friend, what you your soul is no different than my soul, okay? And we both our souls have the options of going to heaven or hell. Sure. If you give $1,000 a week or if you give 50 cents a week, it's not going to make a difference whether you go to heaven or hell. What's going to make the difference is where your soul is aligned, you
2: know? And, and, and it's, like, it's like my pastor always say in my church, he says it's not about equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. That's true.
1: Right.
2: You know what I'm or, That's right. It, you know, because isn't there a story in the Bible where Jesus praised the woman that gave two mites versus the, the people right. that were given all that money?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He gave her two little pennies, and the Lord was pleased with that because that mm-hmm. was all she had. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, you know, and, and I, I, you know, not not to make it into a comedic thing, but uh, you guys remember the Kings of Comedy when Steve Harvey oh, got oh. off there talking about churches having a building fund and how oh, they yeah. always took a second collection for the building fund, never never nothing as a doorknob ever replaced? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but yet, but yet, them pastors are always walking
4: around with tailor-made suits and brand new caddies and stuff like that when their flock is sitting there walking to church in church shoes, you know, they, and I them are the only you. nice shoes that they may have. You know I mean? Oh Lord,
1: <laughs> that's a not our church shoes. have oh. church shoes. <laughs> yeah.
4: And hey, God help! I got the church shoes dirty. Come on. Huh. But but check this out, man. Hey, you know, and the thing the people fail to realize on these things is anybody can call themselves a pastor. Anybody can call themselves a church. But take for example more good would come out of a couple of people talking about the Bible when they're pure in heart than they would attending one single service at the Westboro mm. Baptist
2: Church.
1: Ooh, no, you didn't.
4: Oh, I most certainly you call did. You
2: called them out. You called them, uh, them out. What you doing?
4: I tell you what, they, they, them people, they, them fine people at the Westboro Baptist Church, Right? They, these people Twist and pervert The word of God To get their message out To me there's no difference between them And the Al Qaeda extremists You know There's Ooh. zero difference It's the exact same hate monger The difference between the two Is Westboro Baptist Church is not going around bombing themselves You know mm. But yet I swear there's some to this there's got to be a special place in hell for these people because they live right in the middle of Tornado Alley and not a single tornado has hit that church. <laughs>
1: well,
3: i got to say I agree with him.
4: <laughs> so like I said, my brother, sometimes you'll agree, sometimes you'll disagree. But by God, we'll get our opinions out.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, we have a caller. I think we have a eight zero three five five three caller. Um, do you do you uh-huh. still um, do you have anything to say, or are you just listening? Or I know you're kind of shy. I mean, feel free to join the conversation. I just are listening, but nevertheless, we do thank you for listening. Um, they are yes, sir. We're going to get on, um, some recent developments, um, of the David Moussard case. And, oh! And I know you got some strong opinions about that. Oh, yes, I do. All right. Now, well, okay, well, well, a,
1: go Go uh, ahead,
2: bro, start her off. Okay, I have a, I have an article, um... Um, off of WTHR It is entitled "Attorney File Motion In the start case Trial stays in October And this is written by Jenny Runaby, uh, From WTHR And I'm going to read the article And um, we're going to get back All right. Um, this article comes out of Fort Wayne. Suspended IMPD officer David Bessard is fighting to keep evidence out of his trial for a 2010 fatal on duty crash. Prosecutors once talked to, talk to Bessard's drunken and driving and arrest, once I talk about Bessard's drunken and driving and arrest in April of this year during the upcoming trial for the twenty ten accident. The case will be moved for moved forward in Allen County because of the pretrial publicity in Marion County. Nearly a dozen motions were filed in court Friday between the defense and prosecution. The motions won't be argued until a two day hearing in July. But we do know that the SARS trial won't happen until October, despite efforts to move it up. <coughs> Bessard is accused of drunk driving drunk when his police cruiser crashed into a group of motorcyclists, killing Eric Wells and injuring two others in August of 2010. Bissard was arrested again April 27th of this year when he crashed a ball truck in Lawrence. Officers at the scene found a half-empty bottle of vodka and tested the suspended officer's blood alcohol content at 022 At the trial, prosecutors wants to show evidence that Bessard had a dangerous pattern of drinking and driving and that he knew how to cover up alcohol abuse. To do that, they filed a motion to be able to use Bessard's April crash in arrest involving drinking and driving as evidence in the upcoming case. Quote, we believe that defense may try to raise the track, the trial of lack of obvious in on the part Of the defendant in the 2010 arrest We believe that the facts From the 2013 arrest Are strikingly similar And therefore if the defense Were to raise the issue We feel that we should have the right To, to rebut but the 2013 Arrest With the 2013 arrest said Deputy prosecutor Denise Robinson Quote to have that much alcohol in his system that time today, but he knew he had to work. There's an, there's an alcohol list, says Mary Mills, who was injured in the 2010 crash. Both prosecutors and the defense team filed a litany of motion in court Friday. The defense wants to suppress alcohol evidence from the the vial of blood drawn from the far after the 2010 crash An appeals judge Already said that the evidence Is admissible but the defense Feels differently Quote so I think that one aspect Of the issue was decided by The appeals court and I'm not Going uh, well, I lost my face uh, Okay I'm not going to comment On the evidence we'll deal With that in the courtroom." said Attorney John Coxman. Quote, if, if I were a defense attorney, I would want to file a motion to suppress blood evidence in the case, but we believe that the Court of Appeals is pretty clear in its ruling, Robinson said. What is clear now is that the trial will not start any sooner than October 14th. The defense had filed a motion to move it up, but because of schedules, the attorneys and the judge couldn't find the date that worked. That means the start will the start will stay in the Marion County jail for five more five more months. and police yeah. will be waiting too. It can't get here quick enough. The end can't come quick enough, said Well's brother Aaron. I know that the community is safe from him at at least while he's being detained, and that itself means a lot. The defense also requested Friday that the jury be sequestered during the trial. Cosman said publicity is too great even if the trial is being moved to Fort Wayne. So, uh, let's see. Let's get back to the lines. I think we lost C. I think she'll call back in, though. Um, so, JR, what do you we, – we know that you are – have a very strong opinion about this. What do you feel about about the um, information that was just read? Well, in all honesty, I ended up missing over half of it. I
4: my call dropped about five times. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, man, I, it, so because of that, you know, I'll let someone else speak and uh, yeah, try to figure out what was said during that
2: time. Well. Well, the gist of the article is they were just saying how um, um, the trial is going to be uh, probably taking place uh, no sooner than October 14th. And they were just talking about how um, that means he's going to be, tamed, be detained for five four months. And they were just talking about the, victim, the, the victims were happy that he's going to be detained because they feel that, you know, people – like won't be able to be out here, potentially uh, causing another accident where someone uh, could be killed. So they were just talking yeah. about that, that article, and they were just talking about how, um, you know, the jury and like the, how the, the trial, you know, is going to be handled in Fort Wayne and all that stuff, and talking about the uh, how they want to sequester the the, the 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 jurors and stuff like that. Because uh, of the publicity of this trial And they were just talking about um, What is what they were saying there's it, it, pretty much an, an update of that And I think we lost JR again mm.
3: Well I think that it's absolutely wonderful That they are going to hold him Until that trial And he's off the street I think that is
2: wonderful Yeah I think that's what a lot of people, think, you know, that's that's the thing right there. Because I think a lot of people feel a lot more safe into because this guy is. I mean, it's just not like a one time thing. This guy has he he's a danger to, to individuals on the street. Like he has a true alcohol um, problem. I mean, like it's it's not just. I mean, he's he's really a threat to. People on the street. I mean, for him to have yep. that much... Call, have,
3: reckless and, it, have reckless and disregard for other people, other human safety.
2: Right. So I'm just like, wow, this is just. But I mean, like you said, I mean, October is a ways away, so he's going to have. Yes, a, it, it is. I know one thing.
3: He may have an alcohol problem, but five months in that lockup is going to dry him out real quick.
2: You think he's going to get the shakes?
3: Oh, absolutely. Shoot, he already had the shakes by now. He got that within 24 hours of being locked up. I'd get If he didn't get it in the first 24, he got it within the first 48. Wow. And I Correct
2: know by the could. seventy-two hour mark, he was feeling pretty rough by then. <laughs> well, can you <laughs> explain? I mean, cause I know you—you know—you uh, dealing, you know, you working, you know, in law enforcement. Like, um, can you explain the the you know the withdrawal effects of people who? Well, I guess people that are withdrawing, like like an actual alcoholic, like what do they actually go through? During the withdrawal process? Well, true and
3: pro- what we'll call professional alcoholics, they don't ever really. Everybody's familiar with the blow in the tube PBT test called portable breath test. Mm-hmm. And if you blow all zeros, <clears throat> that means you have no alcohol in your system. Mm hmm. The people that are the true, bona fide, dedicated alcoholics, well, I'll call professional alcoholics, they never go to completely zero. Oh, wow. They don't. And if they do, it's not for long because they drink so much in such quantities and so often that their body is so accustomed, excuse me, their body is so accustomed to that state of alcoholism that they don't ever completely dry out. Oh, wow. So when you, when you have someone that is consistently, by legal limit of the numbers, intoxicated all the time, they can be so professional at it that you wouldn't know it that they're intoxicated. They could be oh, wow. one not want They could be .10 and functioning just as normal out there, and you would probably not know it because they are so normally at that level. It wouldn't be until they get into a really heightened state of intoxication for them that you would all of a sudden start to notice. Those people that are like that, if you put them in jail, and all of a sudden there is no alcohol, and they start coming down. Once their body gets below a certain level and it's used to having that consistent fix all the time, they go into withdrawal, systems call, withdrawal symptoms called DTs, which is called delirium tremors or delirious tremors. These now, can DTs, be now, can that be deadly? Oh, yes, badly? you can die. You can, uh, that type of an alcoholic can actually die from the withdrawal symptoms. Wow. Yes, it, to to professionally drive someone out from that type of intoxication, it takes medical supervision. It really does because it's not they totally
2: really for type of what? what was that? So it's almost it's almost like similar to or no different than like someone that is like trying to come off of a drug like heroin or something like that. They need to be supervised. Absolutely.
3: Yes. You know, the alcohol is the same thing. You can die from alcohol withdrawal. They can exhibit these shakes. It starts in usually as the shakes and sweating. Uh, It can, you know, nausea and vomiting and cramping up. Their whole body will cramp up. And then in the extreme case, they'll go into consistent seizure-like activity. And allowed to progress long
2: enough they can die from. Wow. Okay, we have I think we have JR back on again. Um uh, JR Yeah what do you feel about him being detained for five extra months? Well you, yeah, I'm all for it. You know,
4: I, I don't think he needs to be out in the public. You know. Um hey, this, this is a guy that obviously the pressures of his job got going to the point where he was coping with alcohol, you know? Now, you know, now I, as I've always said, God bless our police departments and what's so, Hey, you know, they, 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 the only way I can ever compare to the pressures of a cop is through my military service. But. What you know, and as I as I've said in the past, I've made no two bones about my addiction problems in the past. You know, uh, it's how I coped with the pressures of my old job. You know, I would numb myself from the world through cocaine. You
1: know, um,
4: the the detoxing off of it, I, I had. I, I crack a joke every now and then about how bad my habit was because I, I had I had pretty close to a two hundred and fifty dollar a day habit, oh, you know, I, and which back then was an eight ball. All right, so I had about an eight ball a day habit, and mm. the joke the joke that I crack is I, I I was one blow job away from being a crackhead. Oh, you no. Know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, but, but but here here's the thing, and in, in all in all honesty and in all seriousness, alcoholics and drug addicts share a lot of things in common when it comes to the detox process. That's Unfortunately, true. in my life, my brother wasn't strong enough to overcome his heroin addiction. You know, and uh, which I took with cocaine. You know, and. Uh, for some, for some reason or another, I'm still around this, sir. Don't know why. But, you know, here what we have is a police officer, a servant of the people, all right, who, while on duty, had been drinking. And everything that Michael said, that I'm sorry, man, that was your name, right, Michael? Yes, I, I am so sorry, man. I, I, I'm going through a bit of a brain fart here. Uh, everything he said was absolutely factual, you know? Uh, you know, if, who was talking with alcohol, you know, for whatever. Maybe he just liked to drink, you know? A, a drunk or an alcoholic does not need a reason to drink. They just do it. It's habitual, you know? And... You know, here's a guy in a city-owned vehicle with a firearm. Mm. Now, if I were to grab a bottle of whiskey and my shotgun and get in my truck and be drinking as I'm driving my truck with my shotgun, and run over a, motorcycle, uh, a group of motorcycle riders and two of them died. Oh, Do you yeah, think yeah. for one second that I would get a, any of this treatment that Officer Bassard is getting? Of course not. Absolutely not. I would be fried at the stake. At minimum, hey. I'd be looking at
2: manslaughter charges. Vehicular let manslaughter. Ask, let me ask you this real quick, Jeff. Do you think that He's been doing this several times. He just got caught, and, and then the fact that he got caught in Lawrence was the reason why this was brought to life. you think that that could have been the issue or could have been the case? I think, you know, I,
4: I think that there should have been more done. This, there's no way this could have been a secret, you know? Somebody within his uh, squad knew that he was drinking on the job. Somebody always knows. Just like you remember, everybody's got a bike. And you remember them two cops got busted going into the Sunset Strip while on duty? The strip club. And they were getting sexual favors from the strippers there while on duty. That was their fight. That's how they dealt with things, you know. And, you know, it, it is just that. It's, it, it's it, you know, there's no way nobody else knew. There has to be at least one other person that knew. Now, personally, I think Officer Bassard out of face, out of face the exact same long-arm-in-law that a normal citizen would. I think he should have to pay for all his own legal representation. And I think that he ought to be introduced to the general population.
1: Mm-mm.
4: Of course, none of that's going to happen. But I will say, I do applaud this prosecutor and this judge up here in Fort Wayne. <clears throat> I applaud them for everything they've done, not caving in to the pressures of the
1: of yeah, the police
4: officers union and you know within the city, you know that right. judge is taking the bull
2: by the horns and say no, forget this, we're handling it, you know. You know, I kind of you think that do you kind of think that the uh, that the IMPD has kind of washed their hands of the SAR at this point? Oh and
1: yeah, yeah,
4: I, I definitely think so, especially after this second accident that he had. Yeah. You know, you're already you are you are already a high-profile person. Every camera is on you. You got away with murder until the trial. You're you. I wouldn't be able to walk scot free if I killed someone while drinking and driving.
1: Lord, you see God what
4: I'm saying? Right. Hey, you know he got a get out of jail free card on that. Yeah, and yeah, I think after this, absolutely. I mean, that would to throw an example out there, okay? No. The equivalent would be, you know, you remember that one cop uh, that during the during the whole Rodney King beating? I can't remember what his name was. That detective that ended up cracking the racial jokes and shit after the Rodney King beating. Hey, he got fried yeah. at the stake during the trial.
1: Uh-huh.
4: That would be like him right in the middle of the trial going out and, saying, you know, doing a speech during a Klan rally. You see what Ooh. I'm saying? He's already a high-profile person, so he's going to bring more attention to himself, doing the exact same thing that got him all that profile. Wow. You know? Right. Hey, I, I think IMPD should wash their hands up, off, you know? And, you know, hey, forget you, you know. But the difference is I think Bassard ought to be right there in general population. I think he ought to face the exact same people that he
2: arrested and put in there, whether justfully yeah. or and, unjustly. And like I said, when we originally covered this story, when we, me and you did that broadcast, like, I really feel that that, the fact that he felt that he was above the process or the law is where he he felt that he he actually felt that he can a chance walked away from the incident like the, the arrogance just the arrogance they know speaks off. So it really speaks to his his uh, uh, title he still does not See, I, I, I can't call they it
4: arrogance. Been, they
1: have
2: been belling him out
4: all along because he thought that he could I, just walk away. See, I, I, can't, I, got a problem calling it arrogance because I'm arrogant. Okay, that is that is beyond arrogance. That's almost narcissistic. What he did, you know?
2: Now, he absolutely right thought he
3: would. I don't Michael. think that he. Oh. Go ahead, Michael. I said, yeah, it's it's certainly quite audacious, if nothing else. Well,
2: okay. I I
4: don't think that he thought that he was above the law. I think that he thought I am the law. You see what I'm saying?
1: I
3: think think that basically he's so pickled that he doesn't really give a shit.
4: Yeah, that could very well be it, too. That's a very fair point. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've had, I've had true blow, full-blown alcoholics and true full-blown drunks, and there's a difference between the two. A drunk is an alcoholic that has given up hope. You know, and a, a drunk is one step away from a wino. You know, <laughs> and yeah, hey, hey I, I had them in my family, man. I, I you know, I, I. I uh, the hell, I didn't crap out my liver when I was ten years old. I don't know.
1: <laughs> but but no, I'm trying to figure out.
4: No one came up front about it first,
1: you know.
4: Why? You know, David Bessard didn't have a partner, but I'm sure he hung out with guys, you know, from the force. Someone
2: had to have known that he was drinking. Why didn't oh, yeah. somebody come out there? They come on too. They were probably egging them on, you know, egging him to take down more drinks, more booze.
1: You know, you,
2: somebody had to know. Like, I just, I just, you know, if I, I just really think I'm with you, Jonathan. More that, that I think about it, I believe that. I, I believe that many people knew that this guy had an alcohol problem. He was an alcoholic, but they didn't take it seriously. They didn't think that it would lead to this, uh come to this, you know, uh, where he has, fatally, uh, well, he has fatally killed. Well, he's killed someone, and then he seriously injured, like, a couple other people. You know, I, I don't think that they realized that it was going to get to this point. And I knew this. I know that somebody knew that. you're going to tell me that they all didn't get together, go out drinking, and, and nobody saw how wasted he probably was. Like, he's not going to tell me that he, he didn't hang out with his cronies and nobody didn't notice that he had a problem. But see, like, so many times I think that we see a problem, but we feel that, hey, it's not me, so I, it's no reason for me to really rock the boat on it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that happens in
3: every every career and in every walk of life.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, we got you back. Hello. I'm here. Okay. I think he's having problems with his phone. He's he's showing that he's online, but can't hear. Ah. Bad reception. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: but yeah,
2: it just it. Just, I really think that you know, I think someone knew that he had, uh, at the very least, that there was a problem with his drinking. For him to even get to the point where he's that comfortable to where he could like actually, uh, be drunk. Yep in a police car.
3: The scary scary thing about those what I call professional alcoholics, the scariest thing about them is, even though it's a legal limit of .08, .08 for them is nothing. It'd be like the equivalency of you and me having half of a drink and then going home and being totally fine. .08 for them is nothing. You know, he could probably pass all the field sobriety tests and you know, exhibit semi normal behavior point oh eight. Or then again, depending on his level of his background of intoxication, point oh eight may put him into the shakes. Yeah. Which is a scary thought.
2: Yeah. It just, it's, it's really, I mean, this whole situation is, is, is definitely a wake-up call.
3: Yeah, it's a tragedy <laughs> for all the parties involved.
2: Yeah. And it goes to show you that alcoholism has, I mean, it, it, nobody's exempt from being affected by
3: it.
2: Right. You I then. know
3: there was a point. There was a point, and, and I guess it's so weird that, you know, you can really—it's very easy for anybody to fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. It really is, and you just hope that
2: you just pull yourself you. out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, woo. hello. Yeah. yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that there's, nobody's exempt from that, like, being affected by alcohol. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's a serious um, addiction. It is. And addiction's horrible, you know? I
4: went through it. I've had loved ones that have gone through it. I got a friend of mine that's currently battling through a a cocaine addiction, you know? Oh, wow. And, and, you know, a very dear friend of mine, and I I, I told him, I said, Dude, you you know, you got to leave them people behind. If you want to further life, you got to leave it all behind, you know? It ain't always gonna work out but you know, at least give yourself a chance for it to work out, you know? Hey, like his old lady now, she's she she's a pill popper. You know? Oh. And so he's around addiction. But for an addict to sober up, the only way to be around another addict to help him sober up is to hit a meeting. Not not to be around people that are still currently doing.
2: Right. So, what's the best way for you to deal with the panic? Like, like, how do you um, deal with someone that you're close at battling? What's that? I said, what's the best way, in your opinion, um, to deal with someone that's close to you? How how, how do you deal with the panic? Well, I,
4: I can only tell you how I did it, you know. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been clean from cocaine now for seventeen years.
1: you know,
4: and the the thing is, is you know, I, I I kept loyalty to my friends that were still doing, trying to help them you know, but I didn't do it. But I have, I, my friends were decent enough to know that I wasn't wanting to live that lifestyle no more. So if they were doing it, they would never have it around me, you know, because I was trying to clean my act up. The the thing is, is you got to focus that energy into something that's more important. For example, for me, it was my ex getting pregnant. Once she got pregnant, that that was it for me. I, I you know, I promised myself none of my kids would have ever see me in handcuffs. You know, and <laughs> knock on wood, I've kept that promise to this day. You know, one of the
2: things I wanted to really, you know, that I, I really hope that we delve more into, especially with 3XR, is addiction. <laughs> Excuse me. <With> addiction. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because I think that's oh. something that a lot of people are dealing with, but, you know, it, it's not really spoken on that much because I think it's, it's a lot of shame behind it, a lot of shame yeah, I mean, and pain behind it.
4: And there is because you know, like in my case for example,
1: <clears throat>
4: uh, it literally it literally split my family in half,
1: mm-hmm. you know
4: where my sister, my mom, and my grandma were always backing me up, you know even when I was in the wrong. My dad eventually came around, you know, and but I had to prove to him that I wasn't gonna be like my brother who ended up dying from his his addiction. You know, so do you
2: think enabling By um enabling is a big part of people's failure in overcoming addiction?
4: Oh, absolutely. Look, you know, I got a friend of mine right now, a different friend, okay? <laughs> who his worst enemies are his lo- his loved ones because they are enablers to him. You know, a a the guy comes from a long line of alcoholics, and he has taken it one step further with pain pills, you know? And, you know, he'll, he'll go to his mom's house, and he'll tell you, you know, he, he's my age, but he'll go visit his mom, and he'll be like, you know, Mom, I got this headache. Let me get some of your Percocets or what's up.
1: You don't mm. need Percocets for a
4: headache, you know? Take a few ibuprofen, you know, but no, nah, that's how bad his addiction goes. And his mother, because he's her only child, will give him whatever he wants.
2: Mm.
4: You know, and I've already come to terms, all of us that are close to this guy, mm. have already come to terms with the fact that his rock bottom will be his death.
1: You know, mm-hmm.
4: his rock bottom ain't going to be like mine. She's not Me, here again, boss. And, JR, do you think for the majority
3: of people that, unfortunately, that's what the rock bottom is? Um, I, I
4: I honestly think it's on a case-by-case basis. I, yeah. I, I, and the reason I say that's this, because as an addict or as an alcoholic, which, you know, in my opinion, it's one of the same, okay? Right. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it's it's whatever you think it is, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, it's, a lot of addicts, a lot of alcoholics have given up hope, and, you know, they don't realize that there are people out there that love them, you know? My family yeah. wasn't the close, closest family there was. But, you know, my ma- my mother and my grandmother and my sister went out of their way to show me, you know, hey, we still love you and this and that, you know. And, and all, I mean, not babying me, but, you know, still giving me freedom of Support. life, but at the same token, yeah. making sure I wasn't going to have a relapse, you know what I'm saying?
2: Right, yeah. And
4: I... I am forever indebted to them, you know, and because of that, that's how I am with my friends, you know. Like my brother, the day, the, literally two days before my brother died, two days, my my oldest son's named after my brother, and uh, what happened? I get a call out of the blue, and I had been it had been ten years since I heard from my brother, you know. And my brother calls me up, and he says, JR, I said, what's up? He goes, hey, it's Victor. I said, yeah, I know. What's going on, man? And he goes, can I come live with you? I said, brother, my door is always open to you. You know, always. You can show up here being on dire straits with not a dime to your name and only one set of clothes that you got on, and I'll give you anything in my house. I said, but... I got to know this. And he goes, what's that? I said, what do I need to expect? Because as Mm. an addict, you burn a lot of bridges. You piss a lot of people off.
1: And
4: you don't know what what baggage is coming towards you. And my brother pissed
2: off a lot of
4: the wrong people. And he's like, nothing, nothing. I just need to get away. And I said, that's fine. I said, bro, I don't care. You're my brother. You're blood. I'm always going to take you in no matter what. But I got to know what I'm facing. Because I'll lay my life down for you, but I want no surprises. You know? If somebody's after you, tell me. I'll take care of it. But I want no surprises. You know? And uh, two days later... The day he was supposed to be on the plane to move up to Indiana with us, they found him overdosed dead on the beach.
2: Oh, Lord.
4: You know, and I, I think he was just saying his good – see, the other side of the family, everybody turned their backs on him. Nobody would allow him to come to their homes. They were ashamed of him, you know. Me, my mother, and my sister told him, come on up. My mom bought him the plane ticket. I had an extra room at my place. I said, come on over. My house is your house. Anything in this house is yours. You know? And he was just, I think he knew death was coming to him, but uh, he was just looking for that family acceptance,
2: you know, so he could die in peace. So so what you're saying is addiction not only eats away at you physically but it can eat away at your relationships, it can it can eat away at you mentally.
4: Brother, it it eats you away mentally, physically and emotionally. I went I went on a twenty eight day binge where I was awake for twenty eight days. And when I finally crashed, I crashed for three and a half days where I didn't even get up out of bed.
1: Oh, wow. And
2: I was
4: so dehydrated that you could see white flakes where sweat should have been all over my skin. Mm. All over my pores. Uh, How I made it out of there, it was through grace of God. Okay? But... It's the only way I can explain it because the amount of cocaine I was doing during that time, most people would not survive. I could t- Here's a story for you. When I, when I, was, when I was over in Arizona, the, the area in Arizona where I was at, after the bars closed, parties would happen. People would break out the crystal meth, coke, ecstasy, you name it, it was there. Weed, you know, you name it, it was all there. Heroin, you know, and it would be a community pile. Whatever you... Everyone just threw their stuff in there. Whatever you wanted to do, you did. You know? Oh, wow. And... I remember this one day. It was me and my buddy, Max. And we're, we're there at one of these parties. And there was this big, big, big fat woman. You know? Ugh. And uh, she was sitting there wearing a moo moo and fuzzy slippers. Oh. And...
1: I'm looking at my buddy Matt and
2: we're looking at the... I think we lost J R. You know, was that was good. That. Wow. Yeah. It's well that's a, just a sample of, well that's just a sample of what you're gonna be getting, um, on three XR. Yeah. That's some good stuff, huh? Yeah, it is. You there? Yeah. Yep, so that's one of the topics that we will be discussing. Hopefully we can get them back on so we can finish this. Story. But that's one of the topics we will be discussing. It's kind of a preview of what you'll be getting. Um, we will be, in the upcoming weeks, taping. We've already begun the taping process. We have a couple episodes completed already. And ready to go It's already packaged and ready to go Um, That's one of the shows that we plan On taping here um, And um, hopefully In the next upcoming weeks About addiction Because it is A huge problem And you know It's it's more prevalent than what you think A lot of people are facing addictions And I think that Um a lot of people, they, they may have the support, but they have the wrong type of support. Yeah, that's true. And when you're dealing with someone that has an addiction, you have to really walk that fine line of enabling them and supporting them. And if Darrell gets back online, I'm going to have him explain that because that's that's something that I've noticed um, I noticed, you know, um, people that have addictions, it's not that they don't have the support, but they, the people that are in their lives, they mean well, but they don't know how to support them without enabling them. And that's a fine line, I think.
3: Yeah, it is. Because as a parent, you want nothing more than to see, or even if it's not a parent, you want nothing more than to see your family or your loved ones to... Flourish and be happy and do everything you can to support them, but still, then again, it's a very thin line with enabling and supporting.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, but this whole situation uh, with so it brings up a lot of those questions or brings up a lot of those issues, and. Uh, You know, um, I believe he does have, it's obviously that he has plenty of support, but it was a negative type of support around him that has led him to the position that he's in currently. You know, he had a lot of people covering up for him. Um, that's, That's the thing with someone that has an addiction, you know, You'll have people around them that care about them. They want to see them get help, but they start covering up for that person because they feel that, that that's going to be the best way to support them. And sometimes, really, I know somebody now is dealing with an addiction, and I think that um, the guilt behind that, I mean, it, it it's all, I mean, because really, you think you're helping out that person in the future, they're gonna feel guilty about that because, you know, you know, you've done all this for them and really sometimes they may feel that okay, we have JR back. JR I have a quick question. I want you to finish that story that you were telling us, but we were just discussing is there a fine line between supporting someone and an a someone? And what I mean by that is Oftentimes, a lot of addicts—they—they—it's not that they don't have that support, but they have the wrong type or negative support type they There,
4: there absolutely is a fine line between the two. You know, the—the the thing is, is that only people that have been through it can see it. You know. Yeah. Most people think that they're helping when they're actually enabling. You know? Take like for example, you know let's say let's take an alcoholic for example. Someone that drinks a vodka, a fifth of vodka or a fifth of whiskey a day. Okay? Now, let's say they've gone through all their money, you know, and they go to a buddy's house and the buddy's like, Well, you know, I'm a little short on money, here have a beer. It'll mm. help calm your nerves. Oh, uh, That's an enabler. You see what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Or someone... Another way to enable is to make up excuses for the person. You know? Where, oh no, it's not your fault that you're doing this. I get it. You're doing it because of this or this or this. No, 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 no. It's all a choice. It is a choice. Yeah. The second one becomes... Dependent On that foreign substance Whether it's drugs or alcohol It's the second That they have become an addict You know And You know people, People Most people don't realize it Most people don't want to realize it They don't want to deal with the shame Oh my god How could I have an addict in my family You know Well, the fact is, most families do have an addict or a drunk. He ain't the dirty old man. He ain't the good social drinker. He's a drunk. You know, I got a brother-in-law that drinks freaking a case of beer a night before he goes to bed. Mm. You know? But you know what?
2: What what is the profile of an addict? Because a lot of times we have this image in our minds of what an addict is and really that that image is a very important because a lot of times we can have the white collar um executive back the See what I'm saying?
4: Yeah, it, it, and you're absolutely right. You know, I, it, there are still typical images, you know, like, like your neighborhood crackhead, you know, just sitting there by the trash dumpster, you know, looking around for something of value. Hey, man, can I get a couple of dollars for some rock, you know?
2: But, like Tyrone you know, the Crackhead or Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, you know, the thing
4: is, is they come in all shapes, sizes, colors, and backgrounds of life. You know? they. they I, I I had, my uncle was a crackhead. You know? He was your stereotypical crackhead. I am a cocaine addict. I ain't your stereotypical cocaine addict. You know? And, and, you know, it. it the, the more pressure... In all honesty, the more pressure that comes behind the job will decide a lot of times the drug that they're, that they're addicted to. Yeah, you know, oh, i go ahead. Go ahead, Jared. I
2: already mean, oh,
4: you know. well. Like, like for example, a young young person's drug, ecstasy.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I did ecstasy in its liquid form, which if you do the pills, you'll get kidney stones and this and that. But in its liquid form, it is fantastic. I hate saying it, but it is. I mean, I was rubbing up and down against this pedestal with shag carpeting on it because it felt so good. Mm. <laughs> but, but you know, the the thing is, is you know, it, it now with a sober mind, with a clean mind, I look at my life and I'm like holy cow, I got to make up for everything, you know? And it's taken me 20 years to do. I regained all my family's acceptance, you know? But it took me 20 years to locate the last people that hurt, you know? And as I I made mention to all you guys about it, and you, you know the story behind it. And you know what? I cannot wait till July when I take that trip to go visit this family. As they opened their homes and welcomed me back in with open arms. You know? And, and, you know, it was, when I spoke with them all for the first time, I spoke with them with a lot of humbleness and a lot of shame. You know? And all of them told me the same thing. Sweetheart, you don't. Have to explain anything. You don't have to, you know, apologize. We love you. We're glad that you're okay. That is true support. Mm. That is why I do what I do. That's
2: why I believe in second chances. You know, because
4: I'm living there. Are you
2: finally giving away the first couple shows we've been taking now? (laughs) You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, cause these are some topics that we taping and I don't want to give it give it away. Cause these, I'm telling you, the first couple shows that we've already done, we it Yeah, we're we'll, we we'll taping more. in a couple
4: more shows this weekend,
2: bro. Yep, I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited about that, and this is one of the shows I really want to do something on. And like I told people, when you got disconnected, this is just a taste of what this is just a small taste, of, a sample of what you will be getting with 3XR. Yeah, it, it, I do have a question, though. I do have a question. Do you yeah. think that the addiction is a symptom of something greater than the person is?
4: Uh, at times it can be, you know. Uh, but But by no means should the addict ever make that the excuse why they did it, you know. If they truly want to seek recovery, that is. Uh, You know, it. it, I I could blame what I did on my military time. I could blame what I did on my job. I could blame what I did on my daddy didn't hug me enough.
2: You know, and Uh, and, and by no means I mean that's not an excuse. But I'm just saying you have to get to the root cause of dealing with it. You can't look at the first. You want to look at the, but you have to delve deeper into it in order to. You have to go back to the, uh, the origin of the problem. And I'm not meaning by that as an excuse, but I'm looking at, I mean, dealing with the origin of the problem that caused the addiction. I think the addiction is more of the sick I'm not by focus. Yeah. That's a disrespect. You <clears throat> can't go out of that. But I'm just saying you have to look yeah. look at look, look at it from a microscopic point of view. And you have to delve into that. What caused me to get to this point? And because if you don't go back to the root cause, of that, you're going to find yourself right back that, at that point of addiction. But, but see,
4: that that's the thing with addiction. Sometimes there is no root cause. Sometimes, it, you know, the person might have tried it for the first time just for curiosity's sake, you know? Just because they were at a party and it was being offered, you know. Sometimes see, it's just that they wanted see, the to thing
2: is, But see, the thing is, there we go. Go back to the root cause. You didn't have a strong mind enough. You said it was there at the party. You didn't have the power, the willpower to say no, or you didn't value your life enough to where, where you, you know what I'm
4: saying. Yeah, yeah, no, I see exactly. You would do
2: the that. Same. You, you have, know, I, when, that
4: that first time I did it, at no point was I ready to deal with the demon that got unleashed,
2: you know? Mm-hmm.
4: At no point was I ready. I thought I was, but I wasn't, you know? Turns out, I have an addictive personality.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And that can be taken many different ways, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, oh, it, Lord. It, it, it is just that, though, you know? I, I uh... And I struggled with it for many, many years. You know, many years. I, I, I can't. I can't look. I did this. I did this math. Okay, now keep in mind, I've been sober 17 years from cocaine, right? In the last 10 years, I have blown 1.3 million dollars. Oh, it's how much I've made. Okay. Imagine. Go back. If I were to calculate how much I've blown in the last twenty years during the era of my addiction, that that number would make some people
2: cry, you know. But let's 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 get into it. Let's let's get into it though. How how were you able? To fund that habit, like I mean, because by really, you know, I mean, that was real. Let's, like, how do you
0: sure, sure. like, and,
2: and and it's not about trying to put nobody on the phone, but I need people to realize, like, desperate means being desperate measures. So, how are you able yeah. to fund that That two hundred and fifty dollar habit a day? Uh, uh, my, by whatever means necessary.
4: Uh, I, I I never sold That is one thing I never did. But there were times when you know someone would give me a baggie to do them a favor, you know, and the favor would be running running automatic automatic rifles from one end of the town to the other, or mm-hmm. you know, sneaking a couple of kilos, you know, through the border, you know. And government IDs get you a lot of access, you
1: know. Yeah.
4: And the one of the things that what would happen was this. And one of the clubs I used to go to, the top floor, was a VIP area. And you'd see people out there literally with bricks, you know. And, and I'd show up, and they'd be like, hey, JR, here, try this, you know. And it'd be their new mix, and I'd hit it, you know. And that was that. And, and you know, they, if you want some, here, take some, take some. they cut me out some. For a favor of dropping a brick off from the other side of the border to their contact, you know, it, you you did whatever you had to do to get whatever you needed, you know. Right. And you, the thing, the thing with it all, I mean, again, I love you to be able to talk about it, you know. Uh, a lot of people don't get as deep as I was and walk out. Got free, overcoming the addiction, let alone walking out with their lives, you know. And I'm sitting here talking to you guys about it, and right now my mouth is dry because I can still remember what it tastes like. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I can smell it. If someone recently done it, I can smell it on them. And when I smell Mm. it on them, I start shaking.
1: Oh wow! You know.
4: My body goes reverts back to that
2: state of mind
4: and, and not not to where, you know I got enough common
2: sense not to do it,
4: but and I, that's
2: did I you, say, when you when you say that it you re, it reverts back to that do you mean it from a point of view of where it, it it makes you cringe or that you that you crave that substance? no 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 not not crave it I,
4: I haven't craved it in a long time. But it, it it it's almost like uh it, it's almost like a reaction, like, like um you know my body it, it, my mind sends out that feeling that I had when I was on it. Okay. I'm not craving the substance. I just go back to that state of mind, you know. Okay. okay. And you know the the, the thing is is like I said, a lot of people don't walk away from this and don't live to tell about it, you know? And it, but, but you know, there is hope out there, you know? And unlike when I was doing it, when all you had was AA and the NA, which are fantastic programs. I'm not bashing on them one bit. Now you got even more. Pro- a lot of churches are getting involved in rehab programs, you know, and it, it's a lot more public and a lot more mainstream to help the addict deal with his addiction, you know. And it's a lot more accepted to where when I when I was hooked on it, it was a taboo topic, you know. Everybody knows somebody who's addicted, you know. And, yeah, man, it, 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 I mean, it, it's horrible to go through. There, about four years ago, me and my wife got in a huge fight. A brutal, brutal fight. Wow. And she left. And it was the first time in 13 years back then that I, I, I almost had a relapse. But I had enough sense to where, it's the closest I ever came to it because I just wanted to numb the pain, you know. And there was only one way I knew how. And I called a friend of mine, a real close friend of mine, and she's a drug counselor, you know. And I told her, I said, Debbie, I need you now. And God bless her, you know. She stayed on the phone with me. She's like, where are you at now? I told her about the fight, what I wanted to do, and this and that. I just, I didn't care. I wanted to throw it all away, you know? And uh, she's like, are you going to go to a meeting? And I said, yeah, but the meeting isn't for six hours. I I, I can't do this for six hours. I, I I can't. I'm losing it. And Debbie says to me, she goes, don't worry, sweetie, where are you at? And I said, I've locked myself in my bedroom. I'm just laying here. I, I, I need to vent because I'm losing it, you know? And she stayed on the phone with me till I got to the meeting. She stayed on the phone with me all six hours of it, bro. You know, and like I said, I got some fantastic friends that understand and are there if I ever need them. And that's exactly why I'm there for my friends if they ever need
1: them. No. You know
4: what I'm saying? You can't buy loyalty. I'm still
1: here
2: I just just Had to try to swallow something Yeah. I really I guess we didn't have Really um, enough time to get into The Trayvon Martin case I don't know If we should go ahead And do that I mean I think we're just recording now I don't think it's live But it's still recording Uh, How much time do we have How much time Um, Yes. I have a whole nother hour. Oh,
4: okay.
2: But it's just it's just not live. But I guess we can talk
1: about different
2: and then we can get off here. Um, I, I'm here. Okay, give me a second. Let me pull the story up. Um, okay. Potential. This this article comes from. Uh, U.S. News on NBCnews.com. Um, the article is entitled, uh, it was updated 53 minutes ago, um, potential Trayvon Martin Case Stewart gets a look at Ben George Zimmerman, and it looks like he has gained a lot of weight. Like, so, brief uh, this, I'm going to get got Guys, All right, this article was written by Aaron McClam and Tracy Connor um, at NBC News. Potential jurors in the George Zimmerman trial were questioned Monday about what they knew about the death of Trayvon Martin and whether they could keep an open mind about the case. The first four jurors to be grilled had at least a passing knowledge of the deadly confrontation in Sanford, Florida, on February 26, 2012, So they had not immersed themselves in media coverage. Uh, quote, there was fault on both sides as far as I can see it, it was two people being in the wrong place at the wrong time And two people instigating something that probably could have been avoided Unquote, said a male perspective juror Who had added that he could still be impartial until evidence was presented Zimmerman, 29 years old, admits that he shot Trayvon Martin, 17 years old But says that it was in self-defense it, after the teenager attacked him he was. He pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder. Jury selection continues today with questioning of more potential jurors. Both sides can exercise challenges and have potential jurors excluded. Challenges for a cause must be a valid reason re- attached, such as having an intractable opinion about the case. In addition, the prosecution and the defense get each get six perimeter on the challenges in which a juror can be dismissed for no stated reason. The first day of jury selection begins with began with the potential one hundred potential jurors being introduced by and introduced to Zimmerman before they filled out questionnaires which have not been made public. The process is expected to last roughly two weeks. Those being questions were referred to only by number, Judge Deborah Nelson declined to sequester the jury pool, but has not yet ruled whether the seated jury will be isolated once the trial begins. Speaking to reporters in the overflow room, Martin's father said that he was relieved that the trial was beginning and asked for prayers for his son, for his son and his and family. quote We ask that the community continue to stay peaceful as we place our faith. In In the justice system Said the father of Tracy Martin Um, uh, Zimmerman's brother Robert Zimmerman Told the press that he's worried about the ability To find a jury that will give the former Neighborhood watch volunteer a fair Shake especially since the judge Decided against a private Selection process But he said the opportunity for jurors to meet George face to face could help Quote, I think it is important for jurors to get to know George as a real person, said Robert. He is just, he's not just whatever images people flash across the screen or whatever narrative people write about. He is a sensitive person. He's generous. He is a likable, he is li- very likable if you actually get to meet him. And I think it will, it will do, it will do. It's the right thing to do. George Zimmerman was in the courtroom as a potential as potential jurors were quitted. His wife, Shelley also attended the session. She faces perjury charges in a separate case after being arrested last summer for allegedly misrepresenting the couple's financial picture during an April 2012 bond hearing. She has not pleaded it guilty. Um, so that was it for that. <laughs> Let me go back online. Okay, J. I had to... Um, mute you for a minute about the noise so what do you think about the article that I just read do you think uh, that, that it's is, is important for um, this process to be painstakingly carried out so that we will
1: not Hello?
3: I think we lost him. I think we lost him. I think I have a problem with this jury selection thing because I don't see where the jury needs to get to know Mr. Zimmerman. You know, yeah. Why do they need to get to know him? They're, 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 their purpose is to weigh the judicial
1: the judge to Exactly.
3: Right? Their job is to weigh the evidence of the facts and ex- execute a judicial opinion. It's not to get to know him.
2: Yeah, I say you're not you're not really getting a get getting a chance to know Trayvon Martin because he's dead. But to me, it's not about that. Like you said, we're there to execute justice. We right. need to know whether you did it or you not did it. We're not there, like you said, we're not trying to get some artist profile or get some type of have sit down and have tea and crumpets and um, or sit around a nice cup of mocha, you know what I'm saying? And just sit down and talk. Yeah, this is not happy hour. This is not social hour. You know what I'm saying? Right.
3: I mean, I understand there in proceedings there are things such as character witnesses, but you know, that's as it would pertain to the facts of the case and things of that nature. It has nothing to do with getting to know him. It's not, you know... (laughs) They're not all going out for happy hour.
2: <laughs> exactly. I think that's I think that's very irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't know. It's it's just one of those things. Um,
3: but that kind of shows too that if the defense attorney is trying to do that, then the defense attorney knows that uh, he's screwed. they <laughs> no yeah. grasp grasping straws.
2: Yep, and I, I, you know, and
3: but in high-profile yeah. cases, that's what a lot of defense attorneys try to do in high-profile cases because, you know, in those high-profile cases like that, they want to paint their defendant as the salt of the earth, greatest person you ever meet, and you know they yeah. want to paint him in the picture because, and that's really not even just big high-profile cases. It goes for that way in a lot of things, a lot of psychological warfare on the jury.
2: Yeah. I mean, coming from that point of view, it makes sense. I mean, you know, why they would try to do that, but I don't know. Because, you know, defense
3: attorneys understand that jurors are human. And just like marketing marketing with sex appeal may get you to buy another, you know, a product out there, you know, painting your person in a, oh, he's so nice, he couldn't do something like that. He would have had to have had a really good reason. They know that that psychological warfare does help win cases.
2: Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, I should put it that way. yeah it it should be pretty interesting as we file this case and see what you know what happens and um like you said like since this is a high profile case, I guess they really have to be very careful and um like you know it has to be a it's, it, it, it's a very tedious process you know you don't want you know you have to be very um careful in in everything that you do every detail, oh yeah. Oh yeah To get a fair and impartial
3: jury is, Oh yeah Because you, know, you know Jury people are people You know It's hard to get a good fair impartial
2: Jury Right Right Yep yeah. Well we will definitely get more Into this um, Case as it develops Um but I think as of now, we're going to probably um, call it a night. All right. All right. Um, is there anything? I know you were, and I wish I would have gotten to this, but we're going to probably get into this the next broadcast. Um, I know you're going to be doing some changes possibly to um, Sunrise Humanity.
3: Yeah, and, it's going to probably not be something that's going to be evident until the winter months because between now and then, the changes that I'm thinking about implementing are going to take a lot of planning <laughs> and a lot of redrawing. So. Have
2: you already started the process?
3: I guess I've started asking around to other people in the metaphysical community getting their opinions because, you know, some of it, I have an idea of the direction, but when I start talking around to them, you know, I get other ideas too and my vision for it kind of changes and takes a different shape, so to speak. So, I guess I'm doing my early stages of brainstorming, so to speak. But, Probably by the winter time, we'll start to see some other changes.
2: But it's going to be a lot of work. (laughs) I hear you. What we're going to be looking for today, and and is it going to be like something that that makes it more broad?
3: Well, uh, presently, um, I'm really focused on. Uh, the biggest driving force in my website has been towards Reiki education and, uh, you know, metaphysical like healing the but primarily uh, my Reiki practitioners, for lack of a better term, my Reiki practice uh, in the education field with it and how that has a potential to affect people and the elements and things that go on within that, but I'm thinking about, yeah, making it more broad, still keeping the Reiki stuff there and still keeping that, but at the same time expanding into other maybe lesser known things that maybe a lot of other people don't know that I'm particularly well-versed at or a professional expert on, so I don't know. It's a little bit nerve-wracking to see, you know, step foot out into that realm because, you know, it's like I know it, but, you know, figuring out how to adequately and appropriately present that material is what's going to be the biggest issue of redesigning. So, I don't know, it's a process. It's going to take a little bit.
2: <laughs> All right. Yeah, so we got a lot. Both of us, there's a lot of things that we have coming up. A lot of um, projects I'm working on right now. We got a couple good interviews that will be released in the next couple of weeks. um, So be on the lookout for that. Um, But like I said, until then, check us out on YouTube at youtubecom U-C-O-F-W or um, join our group page under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers on Facebook. And where you can um stay informed on uh, upcoming broadcasts uh new new video releases um or other just other news in general um or you can just leave your comments or whatever you want to do like um so join us on facebook and check out our weekly podcast here on blogtalkradio.com talk slash Um, And with that being said, I just wanted to wish everybody a good evening, and we will be back soon.
1: Good night. With
4: Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here.
2: We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.